just going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 5, and we're going to be there over and over and over again. Uh, I made a, a slide for you to look at. It's the only slide up there. It's like Edward's easiest job ever, right? You don't have to guess and try to catch up with where I am. Um, it's just going to be super simple for you this morning, right? It reads like this, the blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. Um, these things are the things that Jesus did. The things that Jesus actually did. We're in this series, The Biggest Story, and we started talking about Jesus last week. We're continuing uh, the story of Jesus today, just thinking about the things that he actually did, right? That, uh, and therefore, these things begin to shape our expectations of what, what he will do in our life and in our world. Just see this, right? These aren't mere words on a page. <laughs> these are actual experiences that people had. That th these are actual experiences that historical people uh, experienced at the hands of Jesus. This is what happens. These things are what happens when God shows up. Um, th this is Matthew 11, verse 5, and, uh, and already all of these things have been accomplished. But let me just show you this, right? Matthew chapter 4, um, news about Jesus spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Matthew chapter 8, there's a man that has leprosy, and Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the man, and immediately he's cleansed of that leprosy. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, uh, Jesus says, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority uh, to, on earth to forgive sins. So he tells this paralyzed man, get up and take your mat and go home. And he does. Matthew chapter 9, uh, there is a little girl that has died, and Jesus says, go away. Isn't that interesting? He's talking to all the mourners. And he's saying, go away. This girl is not dead, but asleep. And he goes in, and he takes the girl by the hand, and she got up. These things are things that Jesus actually did. Actual experiences from historical people. And therefore, uh, these things begin to shape our expectations of what he will do. Look at it again. The blind receive their sight. And the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Um, these aren't just the things that Jesus did. These are the promised things. We've we just got to see this, how cool this is. Isaiah chapter 35, uh, verses 5 and 6 reads like this. When he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. He'll unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Uh, Chuck read earlier from Isaiah 61, just verse 1, right? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. See, th this is what God once done in the world. Do you see that? This is hundreds of years, Isaiah, right, before, b before Jesus ever shows up and begins to do these things. Th this is God's desire for the world, 
We've already said, right, that these are the things that Jesus actually did. Um, but, but these aren't just the things that Messiah would do. These aren't just the things that Jesus did. These are the things that are core to the very character of God. I just want you to see that. Um, this is who God is and what God does. Um, uh, we talked about Moses uh, several weeks back. And, um, and, and when we talked about Moses, right, uh, God revealed himself in a couple of different ways to Moses. On the one hand, he, he gave Moses uh, his name, and he said, Hey, Moses, my name is Yahweh. Call me Yahweh. I will be what I will be. And then later on in the story of Moses, what he did is he said, Hey, uh, Moses, I want to tell you about my character. And God is describing himself, and he says, Hey, I am a compassionate God. I'm full of mercy, and I abound in steadfast love. And then we see that language over and over again throughout the Old Testament. It becomes like the creed, right? We say the Apostles' Creed almost every week. It becomes the creed of the Old Testament people. This is who God is. This is who God revealed himself to be, right? Compassionate, full of mercy, abounding in steadfast love. These things are the promised things, the things that Jesus actually did. These are the things that show the core character of God. And so by extension, these things begin to shape our expectations. Uh, we can expect God to eliminate our blind spots and help us to see. We can expect him to fix all the parts of us and in this world that aren't working right. We can expect him to clean what is impure. Uh, we can expect him to open our ears to deaf things at just the right time. And we can expect him to raise the dead parts of our hearts and our minds and this world. Look at it again. The blind receive their sight and the lame actually begin to walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. These things um, also challenge us. <laughs> uh, they challenge our picture of Jesus. Uh, they challenge us to have a bigger picture of Jesus. We often think about Jesus in too small of a box. Um, these things uh, that we're talking about here, Matthew eleven five, are surrounded by a story uh, Chuck read the story or earlier, right? It's the story of a man who has some doubts. Uh, the story of a man that, that has too small a picture of Jesus. It's the story of a man named John the Baptist. And, and what John the Baptist has done is he's heard about the deeds of the Christ. What are the deeds of the Christ? <laughs> uh, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. Those are the deeds of the Christ. Right, John has heard about the deeds of the Christ, and he sends word to Jesus. Are you the one? Isn't that a funny question? He hears about the deeds of the Christ, and he sends this word to Jesus, and he says, are you actually the guy? John likely was just suffering or struggling from too small of a picture of Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter 2 tells us the, the picture that John the Baptist had of Jesus um, before Jesus actually came. Uh, listen to the words of Matthew 2. You'll pick up on it pretty quickly, uh, starting at verse 10. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. 
I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Do you see the picture that John the Baptist has? <laughs> Axe, winnowing fork, separating good and bad, fire, right? That's the picture that, Je that John the Baptist had of Jesus. That's the, the picture that John had in mind when he's thinking about who Jesus is and what he's going to do. And John is likely saying here in Matthew 11, hey, Jesus, what you're doing is fine. Showing compassion and, and, and hanging out with the worst of society and being kind to all people, that's all good, but it's not what I pictured, Jesus. John has heard about the deeds of the Christ, and John is wondering about his picture, the picture that he had in mind, the picture that he expected. And since he doesn't see that side of Jesus, he sends this question, are you the one. The question's not so funny anymore, is it? See, we, we, we kind of know and have that sense that maybe my picture of Jesus isn't as full as it should be. Um, maybe I've settled for too small a picture of who Jesus is and what he can actually do. Uh, I think the most common thing, this may or may not be uh, your ailment, right? We, we just kind of look at Jesus and we assume, oh, Jesus is going to give me a better life, right? <laughs> uh, we don't really mean to do it. It's just like popular uh, teaching and preaching, right, that Jesus is going to make my life better, that he's some kind of genie in a bottle, and, and, and he's just going to make everything, you know, rosy all the time. And that should actually, uh, that should totally be part of our picture of who Jesus is, but it's only part of what Jesus does. Right? Oftentimes, Jesus challenges us, and Jesus makes us uncomfortable. Maybe Jesus even makes our life harder. <laughs> but it's popular theory and most often talked about that Jesus just makes my life better. And so when my life isn't better, or my life gets worse, or things get harder, well, then all of a sudden our picture isn't quite right anymore. And our expectation goes unmet, and we start to wonder, are you the one? And, and even worse uh, than just going to Jesus directly and asking Jesus, hey, are you the one? What we tend to do is more uh, passively, right? We turn to other things and other people, and we say, hey, are you the one? Are you the one? And then we realize that they are not the one. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor of good news preached to them. These things challenge us to have a bigger picture of Jesus, to not settle for this, oh, I know enough about Jesus. I've been to church every day in my whole life. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Uh, these things can also be the source of disappointment, um, if we're honest. <laughs> uh, these things can be the source of disappointment, a, a sort of what about me disappointment. 
Uh, consider John again in this story, the, the story surrounding 11.5. Uh, John has heard about these things, right? And then he sends word, are you the one? Uh, we know that John, was, John was, was firmly convicted about who Jesus is and that, that John was firmly convicted at the beginning of the story that Jesus was the one. Uh, they are relatives, first and foremost, right? Um, uh, he probably heard the story of Mary showing up at the house of his mom, Elizabeth, and how uh, as soon as Mary spoke, John leapt in, uh, in Elizabeth's womb. He probably heard that story 16 times. Mom, stop telling me that story, right? Uh, John says, I'm not even fit to untie his sandals. When Jesus shows up on the shore, uh, John says, uh, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, John was there. He was the baptizer. He got to see the heavens open up and, and, and the dove come down and the voice of God say, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. John was firmly convinced, convicted of who Jesus was, but now he's asking this question. Are you the one? He's wondering. He's not so sure. Because just see this, right? Now John is in prison. Did you catch that at the beginning of the reading? John is in prison. Uh, and I can't know for sure, but, but I have to kind of imagine that, that John is wondering, what about me, dude? You're showing up for all these other people while I sit here in this terrible hole of a prison and I rot. Where are you? Why don't you come and do your whole Messiah thing and set me free? Where's, where's my piece of the pie? Sometimes we might have that same attitude. Jesus, I needed this and you didn't show up. Jesus, I need this. And you're doing all these great things in the life of somebody else. Where's my great thing? Where are you for me? Why aren't you doing this for me? And so we ask this question, hey, Jesus, are you actually the one? The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Um, these things also give us purpose and direction. I just can't help but point this out. I, I was going to leave this out, and I just keep coming back to it. The, these are the things that we as disciples are actually sent out in the world to do. Uh, just listen to this. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. This is super cool. Well, from my standpoint, it's super cool. Maybe from your standpoint, it's scary. Uh, Matthew 10, verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to what? Drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Verses 7 through 8, as you go, Jesus said, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near, has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. These things are what we are sent out to do. These things change the world. The blind receive their sight. And the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor 
have good news preached to them. These things are the gospel good news. Amen? It's the gospel good news to our answer, uh, to our question, sorry. Um, these things answer the, the question that we have, are you the one? Uh, these things are the gospel good news to restore our hope when we face brokenness. Uh, these things are the gospel good news that give us something to lean on that's much bigger than anything else we'll ever encounter. Uh, John in the story has already heard about these things. And so isn't it interesting that, 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 that Jesus simply says, tell John about these things. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. See, Jesus is speaking good news to John. And it's all that John needs in his circumstance and in that moment. I have to assume that it would have been helpful to John. We don't know for sure. We don't know how it ended up. But we have to assume that it's helpful for John to come back to the truth of what Jesus can do. Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm the Messiah. You might not see everything that you want to see, but my greatness, my great power, my great good, I am working in the world. Jesus is saying, yes, I am the Messiah. I, I my greatness, my goodness is, is your hope. Don't you put your hope in anything else, John. Nothing else, no one else can do what I do. Keep your hope in me. Jesus is saying, yes, I am the Messiah, and I'm worthy of your trust. Lean on me. Lean on my goodness. Lean on my greatness. Lean on my grace. The blind receive their sight, and the lame begin to walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf actually begin to hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Uh, these things, they set our expectations. These things challenge us to have a bigger picture of Jesus. These things confront our what about me mentality. And these things are the gospel good news. For them, for John, for us. Uh, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we, we, uh, we long to see these things. Um, in our own lives, in the lives of those around us that we care about, uh, in the world around us. Uh, we long to see your miraculous power, uh, to see these things play out in us and through us for the blessing of the world. Um, 
Jesus, we, we thank you uh, for these things. Uh, we thank you and we praise you um, that these are things you actually did. Uh, we thank you and praise you that these are things that we can look forward to and expect. Uh, we thank you and praise you for not just giving us words on a page, but actually showing us the great gospel good news of how great you are and how good your work is, how gracious you are with each of us and how glorious you truly are. Today we give voice to our longing and we give you great thanks and praise for all that you have done. In the name of Jesus, amen.